on this episode of Why Watch That. You don't just roll up on people's property and then, you know, show a badge. Mm. <laughs> Even if like, you show a badge. Because <laughs> Henry's like, okay, uh, I will go to my sheriff. Because I don't know who you are. How about that? When you're an actor in New York, there's a uh, library that everybody goes to. And matter of fact, before I knew about the library, PBS. I will say, I don't remember one single musical number. <laughs> it's not one of those musicals, right? I mean, I literally can't hum a thing. It could be like starring, you know, Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Cher, and you will <laughs> hardly see an advertisement for it. If you yeah. haven't started watching Gamora, what can we tell you? What oh. can we, how can we help you? It's on oh. HBO Max. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. A why watch that sneak peek. We have a movie talk. Now, it's not often that we get to talk about just movies. We talk about a lot of television, especially in the fall, but award season is coming up. We'll be doing some more movie talks. But this one, I don't know about award season. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm-mm. Well, we have a sneak peek as well as two first looks. And the two first looks couldn't be more opposite. Yeah. JS. Let's start with the uh, sneak peek that is coming out October 1st in theaters. So this isn't something you'll be able to stream quite yet, but I'm sure you'll be able to dig around and find it soon. This is called Old Henry, Old Mm. Yeller, Old Henry. Um, Now this is directed and written by Pazzi Panchiroli. I don't know if that is Italian or not, but I'm saying it Chiroli. Uh, but it's starring Tim Blake Nelson, and you can guess it's a Western. So I think he got this gig because of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Scott Hayes, Gavin Lewis, Trace uh, Atkins, and Stephen Dwarf um, are also in this. 
like I said, it's a Western. It's a gunslinging. Mm. Outlaw. Mm. Strap on your boots. All that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I love Westerns. Is this something we should leave behind? Or should we head head on out to the theater to see? Well, I'll tell you since you said that, if you like Westerns, you'll probably like this. How much is the question? How much? Mm. Um, so old Henry, played by Tim, well, he's living with his son, who's a teenager. And, uh, you know, it is a Western. It is in the past, but he's still a teenager. And, you know, this son wants to learn how to shoot the guns and so on. And Henry's like, uh, he doesn't even say anything. It's not happening. Okay. Now, what happens is something comes into their midst or someone's. There is a guy who was like left for dead? Or how did this happen? Who left him there? Henry comes upon him and Henry takes him back to his house with his son. Now, Henry ain't no fool. Mm. So he covers his tracks and he's looking around to see if anybody's coming. Now we know they are, particularly in the form led by Ketchum played by Stephen Dorff. Now, who are these guys? I mean, they claim to be the law. Are they? And of course, they're going to have to meet up with Henry. When they do, what's that like? This is a Western. You don't just roll up on people's property and then, you know, show a badge. Mm. <laughs> Even if like, you show a badge. Because <laughs> <laughs> Henry's like, okay, uh, I will go to my sheriff's. I don't know who you are. How about that? I don't know who you're talking about. You're on my property. I don't know why you're asking me these questions on my property, by the way. Now, remember, he has a teenage son who is raring at the bit. Chomping at the bit. So in the end, you know, there's some sort of shootout and so on and so forth. But who are these people, really? Now, you mentioned Trace Atkins, who you're like, wait, the country singer? Yeah. How does he come into this? His name is Uncle Al. I'll tell you that. Mm. What does that mean? I can't tell you. So that's enough of the plot, because if I go further, I will give it away. And we've been told you better not. So if you're in the mood for a Western which I found that I was. Mm. This is going to work. Is it the best? No. Is it the worst? No. It's just clean storytelling. You know what you're going to get. It's not long. And it has twists. In the end, you go, oh, oh. Okay. Also, excuse me. You have Tim Blake Nelson and Steven Dorff. Okay, as adversaries. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. If you haven't seen that, everybody, go to Netflix. It's in chapters. Watch that one. And The Gold Prospector. Oh, okay. Ain't nothing nothing important. You got to watch it. But the first one, Tim Blake Nelson is Buster Scruggs. And then come and see this. That's a more comedic take. This is more classic Western. I mean, you just believe Tim Blake Nelson out there being, you know, a, you know, some sort of cowboy. Why not? 
And Steven Dorf as the adversary? Yes! It's the it's like the flip side of True Grit, the Coen brothers. Yeah. When we had um Don Johnson. He's the flip of him. Mm-hmm. So that's old Henry. It's for all you people who like Westerns. Now, we need to move into some first looks. Oh, why watch that first look? And the first one of three has nothing to do with the other two. So, <laughs> where are we going? So this is on Apple TV+. Plus. It is a filmed version of a stage musical on Broadway. We saw like Hamilton. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we have Come From Away, which is based on true events. It's an interesting story behind it. The, the way they turned it into a musical. Um, so the ref will tell us all about it. Well, I got to see this um, book time. I got to see it live as mm. well. Not on mm-hmm. Broadway when it came out to L.A. I saw it. And obviously, I was curious about, you know, the original cast, because this is the original cast. Uh, um, it's a musical. It's a full-on musical. And like the critic said, it's a staged version of the musical. So think Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Don't think... You know, anything else, it's right. a musical. And the funny thing is, is, every, you know, now it's a fad. It's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Apple's got one. Disney's got one. Listen, when you're an actor in New York, there's a uh, library that everybody goes to. And matter of fact, before I knew about the library, PBS yeah. did the same thing. They mm-hmm. just film, you know, what what was, you know playing on Broadway and that's how I that's how we would see well you were on the East Coast but that's how I saw Broadway musicals um, was on PBS so this is as you said based on true events it's 9-11 September and during this hectic time planes were not allowed to land in the United States because we were being attacked all over the place So instead, they went up to Canada uh, in Newfoundland and Newfoundland, if you want to say it all, you know, like that. And they landed in this little town called Gander. You know, take a Gander. It's like that. Mm. Small town. Very, you know, little population. All of a sudden at their airport, over 7,000 people land. Now imagine what that's like in a small town. And it's not just people like them. (laughs) It's international people all over the world trying to get back to the U.S. Some of them are U.S. citizens. Some of them are not. Maybe there is someone or people who are Muslim. And you remember the climate of what that's like. If you remember, they had to kind of sit on the plane for a little bit before things could, you know, we could exit and get into town. Who's accommodating these people? The townspeople. How are they accommodating? They don't have this big rise hotel. These are people staying in people's homes. Mm. And remember, Gander is a very, very small town. How do the townspeople respond? Not how you think. The opening number talks about Gander and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's the mayor and there's the the Mm -hmm. police constable, there's the teacher and there's, 
you know, all these people who are just living their normal lives. They have their own relationships, known each other for generations. And then you get this and they all, and we find out how they learn about 9-11. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then everybody comes. To make a long story short, you could imagine what a town like that would have to go through when dealing with people. Some people speak English. Most people do. Some people don't. Mm. Um, like I said, there may be a Muslim person. Is this person safe to be around? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. And the town handles it with flying colors. In fact, the people who visit there, and again, the um, the actors play different people. So they play certain people and they may play someone else. They can't play mm. 7,000 people. I mean, don't be ridiculous. So they, you know, they interchange and all of that. And by the time you get to the end of the musical, you realize that there was a real connection. You know, when, when an event like that happens, you know, what kind of impact did it leave on the town? But more importantly, what kind of impact did the town leave on the people? Because mm. you do find out the very end and the finale, you know, after everybody gets to where they go, do some people come back? Mm. What is their response? How do they continue to communicate? What is the town left with after all of this? So it's 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 that kind of musical. Um this is my honest assessment. When I saw it live, it was nice. It was, you know, it was wonderful. They're dressed in plain clothing. So it's yeah. like there's no costumes mm. that look like costumes. Yeah. So it's like literally people in jeans, dancing. And flannels, and yeah. Flannels, mm. you know, all of that stuff. Really nothing. The heel up. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> It, it really was nothing, you know, it's not a grand musical where you're like, oh my gosh, the set changed, you know, no, nothing mm. like a Phantom of the Opera. It's just, it's a feel good, you know, the drama wasn't really dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, there was drama, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, somebody, you know, I won't say those things, but you know, it wasn't like that. It's just a feel good musical written by Canadians who recalled something that a town did for people who were in need and people who really were going through some tough things. Um, I will say, I don't remember one single musical number. <laughs> it's not one of those musicals. I mean, I literally can't hum a thing. And I, and, and to, just for context, studied musical theater, yeah. was a professional performer for musical theater, an equity musical theater person, yeah. has a plethora of, of albums i can't remember one single song not one that's just a slice of you as a singer i mean that's just a slice i mean you've run the gamut and you can't remember one song (laughs) i can't remember i can't i'm so sorry and you and honestly i had to look up the plot (laughs) because i and i saw this twice so Mm. it's if you're looking for um, Apple, what they're doing is they are really trying to come for Disney Plus mm-hmm. in that uh, Schmigadoon, which is the spoof of musicals. And then you've got this live um, action musical of Come From Away. Um, if you are really looking for another Hamilton experience because you're not a musical person, I don't think this is for you. I don't think this is going to be the musical for you. No. If you're looking for the flashy Phantom of the Opera singing, it's not. It's contemporary singing. 
So it's it's not operatic or it doesn't have a legit feel, as we say in musical theater, to it. It is just people on stage. And when I tell you people, I mean regular people. There's no one in a glorious wig. and Well, there are in wigs, but no one is flowing and floating and doing any of that. It's just people. It's a feel-good story about a very, very dark, complicated time of people who stepped up to the plate and, and delivered. If you are in two musicals, I think you should check it out because if you didn't see it live, this is a wonderful opportunity to to get that kind of, um, you know, the, the music wasn't bad. I just can't remember it. <laughs> so there you have it. Now, let's move on. You got a chance to see uh, the first look on Netflix, a new movie called Worth that I keep spelling wrong. <laughs> Worth has a pretty dark, it's, the cast is like, okay, come on, you know, let's let's just go ahead and do that. It's uh, directed by Sarah Colangelo, uh, Colangelo, um, Max um, Bornstein wrote it. This is on Netflix again. Starring, bang, bang, bing, bang, bang, Michael Keaton. I think this is Michael Keaton's first Netflix. Mm-hmm. Everybody's eventually going to come to Netflix. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all roads lead to Netflix. All roads. Um, Amy, a, a, sorry, Amy Ryan is also starring in this. Stanley Tucci, who we love. Tate Donovan, which is such a great name, by the way. <laughs> I always think of him in this specific role. Uh, Talia Balsam, I like her as well, along with other people. Um, worth, if we know anything about Netflix, they don't really care. It could be like starring, you know, Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Cher. And you will <laughs> hardly see an advertisement for it. Unless it's, unless it's award season. Mm. Um, is this gearing up for award season? Mm. Well, coming from Come From Away to this, this also handles 9-11. Um, and the point of the title is this. Michael Keaton plays Kenneth Feinberg. He's a lawyer. And his one of his specialties is determining what you're worth in money after you die. He teaches a class on it. And this is where we see his introduction to the, the whole concept. So imagine that, everybody. I mean, it could be from an insurance payout or it could be from a wrongful death. How do you calculate how much that person is worth. Sounds gross. It does. And that's a big part of it. But excuse me, if you have a loved one who was a part of your monetary health and they're gone, they're taken away from you, somebody got to pay. Okay. So it's uncomfortable, but necessary. But the question is, after 9-11 happens, and we have the Victims Fund set up by Congress. How is that going to play? Mm-hmm. Because Kenneth is used to dealing with people who have distance from the tragedy. This has just happened. And they're on the deadline. It's mm-hmm. got to be done quickly. Now, in the meeting with the government officials, he's there along with another lawyer played by Tate Donovan, Lee Quinn. And they both have the same thinking about how are you going to do this? 
Okay. Now, Lee represents certain victims. He's a high-powered attorney. Who would he represent? Okay. Okay. And what are their interests? Also, when it comes to Kenneth, you know, he has, you know, really the person who's there with him working through it, played by Amy Ryan, uh, Camille Biros. So, you know, she's there to try to help him through and, of course, do her own work. So they've got to come up with a way to quantify how much everyone gets paid because he fights for it. He wants it. And he's doing this pro bono. So he is a Democrat. Okay. Remember, this is the Bush administration. And he's dealing with the attorney general, Uh, John Ashcroft. Yes. Uh So how does he sell himself as a person? First of all, nobody wants the job. He comes in and says that. He also goes, now, John, I'm a Democrat. So imagine if this goes wrong, what you can do. And if it goes right, what you can do. So John is like, right, go ahead. Go forth. Now, really, it's up to him to determine how to set this up. But he's very technical. This is what he does. He And he doesn't want to be connected to these people because that would be wrong. But he assigns his team to interview every family. They've got to bring documents, what what their loved one made. Oh, my and so on and so forth. Yes. And the thing is, for the Bush administration to say this is a success, 80% of the victims' families have to sign on to the fund. Eight, zero. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's a deadline. Now, he has a wife, he has kids who are grown. Um, Also, he has a new colleague who comes in. She was going to start a new job. She was, she was his, one of his students, his top student in the graduating class, he said. She got a job as a lawyer working in the World Trade Center. She was a week away from starting. Mm. So she comes in now to work for him. She turned him down. Now she's there. How is that going to work out? And as they go through all these families, what are the different reactions? Well, there is a town hall meeting with all of them, like Aaron Brockovich. And Kenneth is there talking. He talks like a lawyer. How is he received? Does anyone come to his rescue? Because there are two families that are really highlighted. One of them is a man who lost his wife, played by Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. Charles Wolf, And Charles Wolf is very particular as well. And he comes in and tells the colleague of Kenneth's who was going to be in the World Trade Center, tells her, uh, on page three, you made a mistake. Also, I have a series of things that you missed. I'll, I'll give it to you. Now, when he enters, he enters the meeting late. He does something... That Kenneth goes, huh. And then after the meeting, Kenneth meets with him. And then Kenneth goes, huh. Because he is starting a group, a website called Fix the Fund. Uh Uh-oh. And how does he interact? What is his style of communication? There are certain things that he and Kenneth have in common. Maybe that'll help. Maybe not. Now, the other family is embodied really by Laura Benanti's character, Karen, and her brother-in-law, because she lost her husband. Her brother-in-law, who is 
Enzo from Younger. Oh my goodness. So Kenneth meets first with the brother-in-law who is not having any of this. Okay. His brother and he, they were both uh, firemen at the World Trade Center. His brother didn't make it out. Mm. He did. And why is he so protective of Karen? Now, they go, look, we don't want this money. But there's something that comes up that Kenneth goes, ugh, I got to talk to them. What is that something? I won't give it away. So the question is, with all of this setup, can they get 80% of these people to sign on? How, especially if you have Kenneth, who doesn't really know how to talk to these people. He means well, but is that enough? Will his team be able to help him? Will the victims be able to help him? So there you go with the premise of worth. Oi. What I would say is this. I mentioned Aaron Brockovich. I was also thinking ref of Spotlight when I was watching it. It's kind of the two of them together. Um, because like Spotlight, they really just trust the story to be enough. There aren't yeah. a lot of bells and whistles. It's straightforward. Is it quite as good as Aaron Brockovich's Spotlight? I wouldn't say so. Aaron Brockovich is entertaining. I mean, it's just entertainment on top of everything else that's going on there. It's my favorite Soderbergh movie. Spotlight is a little more clinical and and a little clearer in the writing. Because here the writing occasionally, occasionally lapses into the serviceable. Where you're like, okay, we, we just need to get to the next point. But it was still very effective. The cast did what they were supposed to do. A lot of it, I was I was gripped. I wanted to know what was gonna happen to these people. I was there. And and just the, the tension between what Kenneth has to do and what these victims want rightfully and the whole question of worth really kept my attention so if that interests you everybody this is not going to be the movie where you know you come out feeling great about the world but it is about an important topic that really hasn't been explored in this way so it's on netflix it's there for you if we're thinking of the award season so far for me ref would i consider this for some awards yes I would at the hmm. moment. I, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in award season, but why not? I mean, Stanley Tucci is Stanley Tucci. Michael Keaton yeah. is Michael Keaton and so on. So, Well, let's move on and conclude with a first look that we both got a chance to see on HBO Max, the hardly anticipated um, movie connected to the series that we have both come to truly love, Gamora, Ooh, the immortal, or... Limotale. Oh. Mm. Hmm. This is coming to us from Marco de More, mm. who, if you don't know who Marco de More is, you ain't watched Gamora. <laughs> it's Chiro. Yeah. Um, but he directed it. He also contributed to the story and the screenplay, along with Leonardo Fasoli, um, Madalina Ravalli. Uh, Francesco Giacho, uh, 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 Julia Forgione, and uh, uh, they most of them also wrote screenplay. Hmm. Now it stars. Obviously, you can't have. We know that Chiro is named Limortale. He is the immortal. They, I mean, from the first episode of Gamora, 
we know this. You can't kill Chiro. So, of course, he's starring in it. Uh, but um, remember, this took place after. But it took place before season four, after season three. So, we're going to try not to ruin it for you, but you know, Limortale seemed to be Mortale. Yeah. But um, he's starring in it. Uh, Giuseppe Oyelo, um, uh, Gianni Bassaterra. <laughs> okay, you know, now I'm just speaking in tongues. Bastarella, um, <laughs> along with other people, but most of all, I don't want to say who this other person is. Yeah, yes, no. I don't think they should have listed that. No, I agree. And we're even not going to tell you exactly when. The ref hinted at some stuff, but the wins and the whys and all of that, how it ties into Gamora, the series, you'll have to find out. Because mm. in the end, you go, whoa, ah. I cried. <laughs> I text you. I text you. I burst into tears and watched it three times. Yes, yes. I yes, mean, yes. real ugly cry. Yeah. And I mean, this sent my brother on a hunt to figure out exactly the timeline. He was like, wait a minute. How did you guys not know? Because I felt like, I mean, I don't we don't know. look I, at this stuff. Oh, you know. I'm, I mean, they advertise it that way because unfortunately. No, I mean, in the description. Yeah, I don't um, read the description. Okay, well, most people do. So you will find <laughs> out. It's just you wackos don't read descriptions and look at stuff. You will, it's not a surprise. You will know exactly when it is. If you look at, if you're looking to say, hey, what do I want to watch? It will tell you exactly when it is. Yeah. If you can avoid it, if not, you know, there's season five. Just watch it because it makes so much more sense. Yeah. And and Gamora season five is coming. So, I mean, you know, watch this before that season, by the way. Oh, I think you should. Well, watch season four, especially. Well, yeah. See, you got to watch season four. You got to watch The Mortale. And then... Which is going to be final one they're saying. I know. Let's not dwell there. Let's not dwell there. Let's get to the movie because I will cry. Okay. (laughs) I will cry. So, Chiro, we know that he was shot and off the boat at the end of season four. Mm -hmm. Three. Oh, yes. Three. Sorry. Three. It's three. So, okay. And then season four happened without him. So, what's going on in this movie? He's alive. Is he? <laughs> well, that's the way you I, I don't know. And <laughs> someone has come. Memory? Someone has come to give him a new mission? Assignment? Assignment. Assignment. Yeah. yeah. He owes this person. Apparently. Yeah. What's so that all he, about? Well, it's about going to Latvia. Ooh. And in Latvia... You know, there's still the criminal element wherever you go. I mean, you know, always work. Can be it's always work. It's always work. And we've even seen in the show Gamora that he's fine going to other countries. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes there and, you know, there's a certain thing he has to do involving Russians and so on to bring some drugs to the country. Why not? But what do the Latvians think? Uh oh. About that. Doesn't doesn't sound good, critic. Um, I mean, you come into that country with some drugs. Maybe somebody wants to taste. Maybe somebody goes, uh, you're not giving it to Russians. You're giving it to us. Uh-oh. Now, can you boss 
Chiro DiMarzio around? Not after what he's been through. He's lost everything, remember. And he is very smart. You will not see him coming. You got to be very careful. Just don't mess with him. That's just, just don't. Don't do it. You're going to lose. You said he's your, your spirit animal, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Chiro, and it was nice to see him back. It hurt my soul at the end of season three, what they did to him. Scandalous. Oh, but you know something's coming. Well. Or someone. The ref is talking about is before this and after this and all that stuff. We see the beginning of Chiro in this movie. His mama. Yeah. And oh, what a scene. What a scene. It took my breath away. It did. At the very beginning, you're like, what? Baby Chiro? And this is what happened? You'll see what happened. You'll see how he got Limortale as his name. And there's also some other people who've come from his past that he encounters. Mentors, maybe. We see him, you know, younger and how maybe he learned and got uh what would you call it got got his uh his uh, taste for this cut work. his teeth yeah cut his teeth yes so you see you know they're doing flashbacks and so on and he has to solve this problem he's in between a rock and a hard place and then there's this family that's involved as well <sighs> you got you know you got somebody's wife looking at him i mean I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. And in the end, where are we going? Who or whom are we going to? Oh, this is hard. I can't spill a sentence, a word. No. I'm done with that. I'm done playing around with that. Now, if you haven't started watching Gamora, oh, Go to HBO Max. Start from season one. Uh, tell them how to do it because HBO Max will try to push you in a certain direction. Watch it with the Italian subtitles. I mean, the Italian voice with the English subtitles. Yes. Or the Italian subtitles. Why not? You, <laughs> you can read it. <laughs> but just make sure you don't have the English dub. Do not do it. You will lose all of the acting. <sighs> Work your way through. Watch this movie so you're prepared for season five. How? We won't tell you. Can we Can we put on record, you cannot watch this movie without watching Gabor. I, I yeah. would have been thoroughly confused. Thoroughly. It, it makes no sense. This is for fans of Chiro, which we are, which my brother is. It is for us. All of you going, eh, can't like the show, but I don't care. It's a slow burn. It's a beautiful burn to me. It's telling me about Chiro. That's all I care about. It can be as slow as they want. <laughs> Chiro is there. I learned more about his backstory. I saw him operate again. And it is a nice respite for what's coming next. And you have, well, you really have to see it to understand what's coming next as well. Yeah, you're going to be, that, you're going to be yes. like, okay, what is this? So it's filling in gaps and Chiro's story. That's what this is doing. So is this the most brilliant thing on the planet? No, it is. Does it matter? Chiro's story. It is Chiro. Chiro. 
Oh. Leave it alone. That is what it is. Thank you, Marco DeMore, for saying, hey, let's do this for the fans. It's for the fans. If you yeah. haven't started watching Gamora, what can we tell you? What oh. can we How can we help you? It's on oh. HBO Max. Well, I think that has been communicated and everyone can please, for the sake of critics' sanity, just go to HBO Max and watch Gamora. If you don't want to watch it, fine. Fine. But you've been warned. (laughs) Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.